listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 That was the New Orleans Saints with a 23-21 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars on the debut of Monday Night Football. Just the preseason, but still Monday Night Football last night at New Orleans. And Jameis Winston was the story. He gets the start for the Saints. 9 of 10, a buck 23 in the air, two touchdowns, no picks as he tries to win that quarterback competition against Taysom Hill. Yes, and if you dig into the per-play grading, PFF has him at a 96 which is better than any quarterback's done in a season in history. Now, obviously, it's easier to do it in a portion of a game, but this was a performance by Winston that was better than Aaron Rodgers last year across the season, better than Mahomes. So, obviously, a super high level. And the odds have adjusted accordingly. Entering the game, Winston to be the starter, week one, minus 190. Now, minus 350. So currently a 75% chance Winston is the week one starter. Taysom Hill, his grade PFF was 55, which is not good. Hint, hint, we'll be talking in a few minutes about Trevor Lawrence's grade. This is the territory we're going to be in. Um, (laughs) And to me, well, I've got some thoughts on the starter, but, but Jonas, first the eye test... Obviously, Winston looked good. Did you see anything in particular of note? Yeah, no, I thought he looked really good, especially on the deep ball. And I, I just wonder how much, you know, how kind of a breath of fresh air maybe for Sean Payton, because that hasn't really been Drew Brees' success, being able to go downfield and go downfield deep like uh, Jameis Winston did. Um, but I, I thought Jameis Winston looked really good. Uh, to me, I, I don't even think it's a competition at this point. I think he's going to be the starter. I think there's a higher ceiling with him. And it just feels like you've got to work really, really hard to try and make things happen with Taysom Hill in the game, and Jameis Winston just feels more mat- more natural back there as the starter. So here's the question. Is the Saints lack playmakers? We know that, uh, especially with you know the current status of uh, Thomas is even more so. So now the question becomes, does that make it where a running quarterback like Taysom Hill is more viable, has a higher basement, because, listen, play playmaking is going to be at a, uh, at a premium because the Saints don't have much of it. Taysom Hill is probably one of the key playmakers they've got. Maybe he needs to be on the field. Or the same argument could be, no, Taysom is one of those playmakers. He needs to be at halfback or, you know, whatever kind of hybrid he plays and Winston be the quarterback. So if we assume, and it is an assumption, the Saints are going to really acknowledge the fact that playmakers are scarce for them, does that help Winston or Taysom Hill be the starter? In this case, the the second part of it, I thought what you said was is accurate. When it came to Taysom Hill and his involvement in the offense, I think even if he loses out on this quarterback competition, I think he's going to be heavily involved. Because, yeah, without Michael Thomas – 
you know, like like what are we what are we looking at when it comes to the Saints? You know, Marquez Callaway looked good last night, but he's a second year player out of Tennessee. Uh, we're not sure whether or not that's just preseason football or whether or not he can continue that. You know, later on in the year, um, it, it, they've got the offensive line, they've got the ability to block and protect the quarterback. I think we're going to still see a lot of Taysom Hill. I just don't think it's going to be a quarterback. Although they could use him at times, try and get creative, put him back there. You know, maybe uh, you know flank uh, Jameis Winston out to kind of give a you know a different look like they did a couple of times with Drew Brees but I just feel like Jameis is the better guy for the gig right now yeah and in a weird way it might be decided by the fact that they can't because if, if if Taysom is quarterback and Winston a vast majority of the time will not be on the field there might be a gadget play here or there but you're pretty much saying these are two of our I think most people would agree two of their top 10 players they're certainly um yeah, I, I think that's pretty accurate. With one choice, Taysom Hill starting, one has to sit on the bench. With the other choice, with Winston starting, Taysom Hill can play every play yeah. on offense, and it wouldn't be unusual. So I think that certainly points in that direction. It is important to note that the betting on this is about who takes the first snap in week one. I think it'd be interesting if they had betting. Now, people don't want to hold their money and let it be held that long, but who takes the most snaps throughout the year? Because right now, you know, we are pretty sure, and the odds say 75% chance of Winston taking the first snap, but would we be as sure if it was the most snaps in the season? I would be, yeah. But with the Bears, for example... That's interesting, Jonas. If I said, okay, right now Andy Dalton's been named, reaffirmed as the starter, and we won't get too sidetracked with the Bears, but if I, if I said to you, okay, who's going to take the most snaps this season, Fields or Dalton, who do you pick there? Oh, Fields. Yeah. Because yeah. if they go to him, it's probably going to be early on when they realize we got a problem here. Th- that and Andy Dalton's Andy Dalton? <laughs> yeah. And, and these, the, you know, Matt Nagy's coaching for his job. So he, he he can't wait around till the end of the year just to give him a preview to the next year because he won't be around next year. And if they make the switch to Justin Fields, you can't go back afterwards. Like he's mm-hmm. got to be the guy to finish out the year. So, yeah, I would say Justin Fields. It's like the Nike goes, wait a minute, it's that Andy Dalton? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Okay, let's transition and look at this game from the Jags side. Um, obviously, the injury and... We had it in the news to start, Jonas, but you want to make it official? Yeah, Travis Etienne, the rookie running back out of Clemson. He was taken in the first round. Actually, one pick after the first running back off the board, RJ. Najee Harris to your Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm -hmm. Travis Etienne uh, suffering the Liz Frank injury. There was some optimism that he would miss some time, but uh, that it was just a sprain earlier in the day. But then it was reported by Adam Schefter later on that he is going to miss the entire season. So a first-round draft pick for the Jags now out for the year. You know, when McKenzie was younger, like 14, 15, he saw Liz Frank a couple of times being the cause of guys being out. And he was like, that girl gets around, man. I mean, what kind of trouble is she calling? Is that true, McKenzie? Yeah, exactly true. Exactly right. <laughs> that was pretty good. Okay. Um, obviously, bad news for Jacksonville. 
I, I mean, it felt like a, a lot of people felt like that was a pick that was kind of an indulgence that, you know, you have a good running back, uh, you know, a guy that emerged last year and in, in, a, in a, a surprisingly strong way, uh, James Robinson. Yeah. But I, I think there was some real excitement about Urban Meyer doing something different, uh, you know, with the idea of a, you know, guy that can catch passes just as easy as he can run the ball. People forget Urban Meyer, when he was at Utah, was a true innovator offensively. Later, he became more of a CEO, administrator, not saying he didn't contribute to the schemes, but he initially was one of the brightest offensive minds. Now, is he still in a position to come to the NFL and innovate? We'll see. What I can say for sure is my um, skepticism of Trevor Lawrence is continuing to bear fruit. I'm waiting for the time he has a good game. I don't think he's had a good game in college I think the last good game he had was in October, actually, last year. I'm not impressed. Listen, when you have the physical skills, you're going to throw some nice balls. You're going to say, look, Sam Darnold did, right? It's funny. When I hear the analysis of Trevor Lawrence, it sounds a lot like the analysis of Sam Darnold, whereas they talk about his, his characteristics, his arm strength, his this, his that, his height. But where is it on the field? I'm not impressed. What do you think? Yeah, it, it does not look good. And just seeing them offensively, you know, Urban Meyer talked about it afterwards. They don't seem to be on the same page. They can't block anybody. Like, I'm actually wondering whether or not uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to finish the season. Like, we, we because were, of injury. Yeah, like we were talking earlier today and, and just kind of threw out, okay, over under 15 and a half games, Trevor Lawrence starts this year for Jacksonville. At this point, I take the under. I, I don't see how they can keep him healthy. He was sacked 33 times total at Clemson. He's going to eclipse that by like week ten or eleven. I mean, like it 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 feels like this could be a really really rough go for him the entire year. So in the first game, this is preseason, but in theory, that's when you're supposed to shine. First game against the Browns, his PFF grade, Trevor Lawrence, fifty nine. Uh, so that's um, below replacement level. So like we said, if they put a sign up in front of the stadium. Anyone quarterback in high school, someone probably was all state that's walking in there, you know, or Tebow. And that, I mean, if Tebow happens to be at the game, that's the level we're talking about when we say replacement. I'm kind of teasing, but not really. It means if you had to pick from players not affiliated with teams, that's replacement. It's not anything else. That's the level he was at in game one. 65 grade, which is also replacement level, 59 and 65. And as we said, Winston, 96. The best quarterbacks are in the 90s. I think, Mackenzie, take a gander. I think last year there was maybe five or six quarterbacks that were in the low 90s. But um, so it's not like 90 is impossible to attain. And, you know, then you've got the 80s and the 70s. And now we're into the 60s. And then, obviously, last game it was 59. Did you have that number? Yes, there was five quarterbacks above 90. Yes. Yeah, and then how many in the 80s? Just to get a feel of, like, how, like, 64, or maybe 11. even 11, 11 in the 80s. 11 additional, so 16 in the 90s or the 80s. Yes. Okay, and who had the worst, like, I, I guess a grade of 65, 
like Lawrence had in this game, who was around a 65 for the season? Nick he, Foles, Jimmy ooh, Garoppolo, ooh. Taysom Hill, all right in that range. And Jonas. Tua. And Tua. Uh, uh, oh, what do you think, Josh? Yeah, that's a not good company to be in. Um, you know, I mean, Nick Foles, twenty seventeen. You know, hip hip hooray, but yeah, not uh, <laughs> not the, the the company you want to be in when it comes to that uh, last year. I, this is, it is not look good, and and I don't know. I, what's the over the season win total on Jacksonville is? I think I saw it. It was at six or six and a half. I, I want to say, like, I, I think that's that, that's where we were at before the year. Oh, if McKenzie current, current number, McKenzie. Just under six and a half, six point four. So what they're saying is that they're going to lose eleven games this year. Urban Meyer lost nine his entire time at Ohio State. Like, <laughs> I just I don't know. I and and he walked away from two jobs where he was really successful and, and winning a bunch of games because it just wore him out. I, I just if this goes as bad as it looked last night, I, I don't know how long how long he is for the job. Well, I will say this as a Buckeye graduate a fan of the team, his, you know, I mean, remember he walked away from, as you said, from Florida too. Yeah. And to me, it was like, um, you know, no one, it's not like we want someone to have their health suffer like in some severe way. So when they say health, it's hard to be critical, but it didn't, let's just say amongst the high state fans, there was a sense of, well, if you don't want us, we don't want you. We, you know, the fans appreciate the good success, but, the reality is they, you know, they want the kind of guys to bleed scarlet and gray. And I don't see how the case is going to be made that Urban Meyer is going to bleed Jacksonville uh, colors, whatever those are. Yeah. So I, I, I think this is about, in fact, I don't think it's, I think, I know this is about Trevor Lawrence. And here's the thing, Jonas, in two years and three, in year three, and that's the year, you know, typically quarterbacks have, uh, you know, they struggle their rookie year, second year that you see some growth, and then you see a jump in three. Now, again, it can be different. Obviously, we have exceptions. But if Trevor Lawrence is the 10th best quarterback in the NFL in year three, that's why Urban Meyer came out. Because now he'll be 10th and then 6th, 7th, or 8th. And once he gets there, you can win a Super Bowl. And how many chances do you have? I mean, how often does a quarterback who could very reasonably be top eight, and I'm not a Trevor Lawrence fan, but I, he, could, he could be top eight pretty reasonably. How often does that job open up? Right. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's a tough. I mean, it, it's I mean, all they're all yeah. they're they're tied together. They're basically tied together. And 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 to me, I think he's saying, yeah, I'm going to have to go through a couple. You know, let's say it's fifty fifty. He thought Trevor Lawrence would get to that level, so he figures fifty percent of the time, I'm going to have year three, four, five, six to potentially win a Super Bowl of Trevor Lawrence's career and his you know NFL coaching career would be the same. And if somehow he doesn't pan out. Yeah, the, those same health issues. You know, my family wants me to hang out or be around more, so I'm I'm quitting Jacksonville. It was a pleasure, and I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be great. But that's probably what happens after year three if he doesn't serve Trevor Lawrence. And you know what? It's a pretty smart play, right? Because he's making a lot of money along the way. And if somehow Urban Meyer wins a, a, a Super Bowl, you know, him and Jimmy Johnson will be on the list, right? 
Yeah, Jimmy Johnson, Pete Carroll, um, of guys that have won in both. Oh, I, that's yeah. true, Pete Carroll, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty prestigious list. Yes, no, no doubt, no doubt. I, and, and look, he's he's had success every step of the way, so, you know, it's it's definitely one of those, you know, give him time to, to figure it out, but he looks really, really worn down already two games in. It just, <laughs> it, just it looks like it's really got, uh, got gotten a little bit of him, so I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm a little skeptical how this whole thing's going to might, go. might be that Liz Frank, man. I mean, she gets around. <laughs> Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, this is going to sound like I'm being facetious, sarcastic, joshing. I'm not. I'm being serious. Not that I think this is certainly true, but it has all the makings that it could reasonably be true. And let me make the following point. Let's compare Josh Allen to Mitch Trubisky. Okay, Mitch Trubisky was the higher pick. So... Relative to what's the pedigree, how well was he respected coming into the draft, it was where Trubisky was the second pick. Josh Allen wasn't the second pick later. Okay, so you could say better pedigreed. Now, how did Trubisky do last year compared to how Josh Allen did the year before last, which was the year before he emerged? The year before the Bills and their coaching, the OC Dayball, and all the magic that they've performed on Josh Allen, and let's not forget Josh Allen's improvement between his third or his second and third year was unlike anything we've ever seen. Not the size of the improvement, though that was all time in that category. It was his accuracy improvement. He improved in a way that just players, quarterbacks, just don't improve. It's just everyone said, "Nope, that's it." He's you know he is what he is, and then last year. Josh Allen was something different, something much, much, much more amazing, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That really is not only unusual, it was maybe one of a kind with that accuracy improvement. So there's something about what the Bills are doing, or maybe it's Josh Allen, but let's compare him to Trubisky. Not only was Trubisky drafted earlier, but last year he was number 21 in QBR, Trubisky, with a 61 Number for his QBR, 61. Josh Allen, year before last, had a 49. 12 points less. So that's not even close. I mean, that's a significant difference that the last year before the exposure to, let's say, this new bill system, Trubisky was better. Trubisky was drafted higher. And let's be honest, Trubisky looked amazing in that game. I mean, it's you could say, oh, it was preseason, and it was. But, I mean, he looked amazing. And my question is, how far-fetched is it that the higher-drafted player that had a better season before, in theory, he's going to emerge, that, it, that, that he couldn't do it? Jonas, what do you think? Uh, I yeah I, I'm gonna go with Josh Allen on this. Uh, just I, I <laughs> well, think Josh Allen's already happened. The question is how shocking. If I said there was a 20 percent chance of this, 
Well, you know, one in that, five. That Trubisky would have as good a year as Josh Allen had last year? Not this year because he might not even get a chance, but his, that, that he may have a year in the next year or two or couple in which he emerges in a way that shocks everyone. Yeah, look, I, I don't think it's that far-fetched. I've always thought, you know, there's the opportunity that he could end up in the right system like an Alex Smith who you know maybe didn't have the ability to throw downfield like a lot of guys but was mobile enough and and smart enough with the football and and he struggled early on but he figured it out when especially when he got to Kansas City if if Mitch finds himself the right coaching staff you know and 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 they build around him he could have some success in the league he already has well yeah but I mean he he did have a great second year third in QBR yes yeah no doubt but I, I guess the last, the way I should have maybe phrased it was, and I'll throw it to AJ this way, is would it be less of a surprise if Mitch Trubisky became a top 10 quarterback than it was that Josh Allen did? Because by all accounts, Josh Allen was the bigger surprise. It, maybe it would be a bigger surprise because we, at this point, we felt like Mitch Trubisky had failed his way out of being, uh, even having a chance to be a starting quarterback. And... Josh Allen, I think last year was the year that was going to decide whether he was a bust or not, and he broke out. Yeah, like Mr. yeah. That year's think, come and gone for Mitch. I think you're making a good point. Is There had been two mediocre years from Josh Allen. There's been four from Trubisky. That is a factor. I'm keeping my I, eye on it. Let's look real I, I quickly think, at baseball, uh, Jonas. Um. Oh, yeah. the, that Baltimore streak. I want yeah, to touch on and so the Baltimore Orioles, much like uh, unlike the Baltimore Ravens when it comes to their streak in the preseason, the Baltimore Orioles have lost a bunch of games in a row. It continues to get worse and worse there for the O's in the city of Baltimore. Yeah, and sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to get – we teased it. 18 straight losses by Baltimore. If you had bet 100 bucks against them and let it ride, and let it ride. so every time you won betting against them, you let it ride – your $100 would be $150,000, a little bit more than that. So it's that kind of shocking streak. But tonight against the Angels, the money has come in on Baltimore. Losers of 18 straight, the money's pouring in on them. They did open up plus 140 Baltimore, down to plus 115. So the wise guys are not afraid to fade an 18-game losing streak. We'll see what happens. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 